Hello, welcome to the Not The Top 20 podcast betting show. With apologies for the late running of this service, it is sponsored by Betfair. It's me, Ali Maxwell, and him, George Ellick, making betting picks ahead of a full slate in the EFL this weekend. And George, it's going to be something of an express BS on account of its tardiness, but all for very, very good reason. Yeah, we did a big stint yesterday um, doing transfer deadline day on the NT220.com. It was wild. Um, whilst you had some publications telling you that not much was going on, we us, us and our transfer warren were all hands to the pump, trying to give every transfer, whether it was you know the top end of the championship or down towards the bottom of the league two, giving every single transfer another write-up and a verdict as well. It was a great day. We were chuffed to see that everyone seemed to enjoy it. I left my mic adapter in the office, which is why if my sound quality isn't as good, I apologise. It's because I'm coming through at you through AirPods. This is a bit of a shambles, but we're going to get through it and it's going to be great. Yeah, the picks will be made. And hopefully, from my point of view, they'll be better than last week where it was a bagel, it was a minus five. And to be honest, the nap and the next best, Mansfield at Wimbledon, Bradford at Swindon, just bad picks. Uh, having a real look at myself in the mirror for those. Mansfield was, was impacted by, by an early red card. Give yourself some credit. That's that's fair, that's true, and that's kind. Uh, Aziz, anytime, had three shots, no goals. And Kundal, I'm certainly not beating myself up about that. He had a big chance at nil-nil. So that 25-1 first, 12-1 anytime pick, I think, had some merit. But crucially, uh, no winners whatsoever. As for you, mate... How about a seven to one long shot? Yeah, that was good, wasn't it? I was quite happy about that. If I quite like the idea that your super strength could be picking nil nils because it's quite a boring one to have. But <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel like I've I've um, tried before a few times and failed, probably about seven times, and then on the seventh <laughs> one it, it landed. So yeah, and it was a game where kind of went as planned um, with neither Cambridge or, or Burton um, looking particularly threatening. I think. I haven't done so today, but I think they're probably two clubs maybe to follow. Although, having said that, you know, we, we did see Burton bring in about eight new strikers on deadline day. So um, maybe that'll be a different proposition now. Yeah, deadline day additions, when there's a club that's making a lot or selling a lot, you're always tempted to start looking at outright prices. You're always tempted to sort of bake that into your punting as well. I mean, yes, the only one I can remember from yesterday was how astounded I was by the business that Fleetwood Town were doing, uh, both ins and outs. And I turned to you at one point, I went, mate, what price are they to go down again? And you went, 16 to 1 on. I was like, <laughs> okay, right, cool, cool. Um, let's get into our picks, though. What's your nap this weekend? Um, my nap is Leicester City. Um, annoyingly, I've just seen them been cut from 17 to 20 to 4 to 5, but that's fine. I, I still The think Friday it's... morning recording. There's always a I risk. I know, done me. Um, yeah, Leicester at Stoke. You know, I, as many listeners will know, I'm not totally enamoured with Leicester at the moment. There's also some unrest. It's fair to say, Enzo Maresca gave quite a strange uh, pre-match press conference where he, you know, he, he didn't seem particularly happy with maybe the the treatment that he's getting from a section of the fan base who have complained about the style of football. Um, it seems ridiculous when you consider their results. Like, surely, having been relegated from the Premier League, there is one clear uh, assignment, and that's get to the Premier League. And, and to my mind, they're doing it playing some some pretty good stuff. Like, I, I can't really work out what, what the angst is. Maybe when you just win every week, you, you become a bit complacent. Um, but you know, well on their way to a to a, a record points tally. I, I still 
believe there might be some twists and turns still to come in this title race. I don't think, you know, Leicester, are, I think, four on to, to do so, to, to win the league. I think that's probably about right. Like, it's it's likely, but it's not a done deal. And uh, here they face a Stoke team that I really fancy them to beat and beat like really comfortably. If you look at Leicester's away form this season, they've played every single team from 17th and below. And they've beaten all of them apart from, and this is away from home, they've beaten all of them apart from Sheffield Wednesday. And in that, in that Wednesday game, it was a, a 94th minute equaliser from Wednesday that, predict, that prevents them from going 100%. So four to five suggests, you know, over 50% chance of, of winning this game, but nowhere near the kind of dominance we're seeing. And that's, I think, been the, the cornerstone of Leicester's season so far, where actually, if you look at their performances and results against the better teams, against the top 11, you know, they failed to beat Ipswich over two games. They played Leeds once and lost. They lost to Coventry away from home. They lost to Middlesbrough away from home. They lost to Hull at home. There are, of course, some, some wins within there. But the reason why, Le- why, why Leicester are doing so well is because they've beaten every single team they've played at home uh, in the bottom half. And as I say, they've only drawn one. They are flat-trap bullies. They are a team whose style of football is it enables them to beat and beat comfortably the worst teams in the league. And in Stoke, they are undoubtedly playing one of the worst teams in the league. Like The, the league t- table tells you that. The underlying numbers tell you that the, the wage bill and the, the players they bring in may not, but this is February now. Like we have to go with what we're seeing on the pitch. Stoke haven't won at home since uh, October the 25th, where yep they beat Leeds. But that was that game where Patrick Bamford missed the penalty when it was nil nil late on, and then they went up the other end and scored. They haven't won at home since then. Last seen at home, they were beaten two one by Birmingham. Um, in that time as well, we've seen 0-0 draws against Millwall, a 1-0 draw against Swansea, and then a, a good 0-0 draw against uh, Ipswich, it should be said. But so far, we're not seeing great things from Stephen Schumacher's side, especially from an attacking standpoint. Like I kind of thought he would come in there and implement a philosophy and a playing style that was akin to what we saw at Argyle, but as of yet, it's really stunted. Yes, they brought in a player called Millionaire, sorry, Million Manhoof. <laughs> Millionaire would be great. Million Manhoof, which makes me love them so much, but that doesn't really come into this, I'm afraid. So, I think Leicester are a, a massive price at four to five. Like, you know, if, if you're happy to back odds, odds on stuff, th- there should be a gulf between these two sides, and Leicester should run out pretty easy winners. So, yeah, wh- whilst there may be trickier times ahead for Leicester, I don't think Saturday's going to be one of them. I'm in League One for my nap, and I'm surprised and a little upset that it's not yours as well. It's Cheltenham to beat Wickham uh, 6-4 to four with the Betfair Sportsbook. And interesting one, this. Quite a big game, really. We talked on the Monday pod about how much praise we've given Cheltenham under Daryl Clark and there's nothing that you or I would take back. The fact is that they're still seven points from safety and the fact is that with 19 games to go, they absolutely have to maintain the same level, even to have a chance of getting out of it, such was their poor start to the season. But them and Wickham have really just been going in, in different directions, not necessarily in terms of league table geography, because Cheltenham, you know, clearly only, uh, what are they, th- third bottom, so they haven't exactly flown up the table, but certainly in terms of form, uh, in terms of, of general performance level, the last couple of months, these two teams have, have been going completely different ways. Wickham... One win in 17 in the league. What a strange season it's been for them. And, and I think there's a lot of head scratching as to exactly why this team is just lacking something. Because they're not terrible. Their underlying numbers are decent. Certainly not as terrible as one win in 17 would suggest. Even within that, you look and they've drawn nine. So they've drawn more than half of, of those 17 games in that run. They've lost seven and won one. So 
again, that kind of points to the fact that they're not disastrously incompetent. They're not uncompetitive by any means. They're just missing something. And it's it's difficult to really pin it on something in particular. Their performances at nil-nil are generally average at best, poor quite often. Uh, they rarely take the game by the scruff of the neck. But they do have spells within games. The timelines of their matches seem to have these huge swings where they'll go behind and, and then they'll batter a team like they did the other day against Fleetwood. But they'll draw or they'll lose or maybe they'll go ahead and then they'll just not really look after it and then they'll concede an equaliser. So a bit of a peculiar team, Wickham. Uh, I, I'm worried that the one win in 17 is a bit too loud, but uh, that's not really the, the basis for the pick. The, the fact is that uh, Cheltenham are very good and I think as a team at the moment and over the course of three months they clearly have just a bit more about them in terms of um, finishing strong in terms of managing games in terms of just consistency and competitiveness I'd say Clark has them bang at it very coherent uh, uh, approach to games which the, the players seem to understand clearly getting the best out of Liam Serkham among others it's fairly basic stuff but it's working at the moment uh, four wins three draws and one defeat at home in their last eight uh, and Wickham just seemed to fade away from home. I think 15 conceded in the second half of games, only eight scored. So not a great record away from home in the second half of games. So I like this for, for Cheltenham, 6-4. to four. They've got something much clearer to aim at as well in, in terms of motivation here. They've got that seven-point gap to make up to get out the zone. Wickham just sort of listlessly drifting somewhat uh, in my eyes anyway. So I like this, Cheltenham, uh, to make a big statement win and cut the gap between them and teams like Wickham, who they're chasing down 6-4 uh, with the Betfair Sportsbook. What's your next best? I looked hard at Cheltenham and they're definitely, uh, yeah, they're going to feature, um, no, they don't feature later. I looked at someone, but yeah, I, I do agree with you. They're kind of next on the list, but I'm going to put up Salford um, next up uh, in my, in my selections. They're at home to Doncaster in what is, a massive game for Steve Morrison and also for Grant McCann because if, if Doncaster do lose this, things are going to get very tricky. Uh, they're 6-4 to four to, to win the game as well. They've only won four games this season, Sutton. Um, so, you know, things clearly not going to plan. But I'm, I think we've seen enough in the, the few games since Steve Morrison came in to suggest that a win is, is probably around the corner. Um, in midweek, they were beaten by Harrogate. Harrogate obviously going through a really good run themselves. Uh, but so, I mean, there was not a great deal between the teams. There was not a great deal uh, in terms of, of how the chances fell. Like Sutton started the game much better. Harrogate grew into it uh, at 1-0 uh, after Jack Muldoon put, put Harrogate ahead. There was a bit of an onslaught from uh, from Sutton who weren't able to to, to get the equaliser before. A brilliant bit of play by Ken Ramsey, who's now moved to, to Charlton, set Muldoon up for a second um, before Ryan Jackson got a, a late consolation. But Sutton were, were way more effective for, as an attacking force in that game. Um, and that came off the back of back-to-back draws. So, you know, I, I think we're already seeing an improvement in terms of, of what they're doing. With Doncaster, things are, are looking pretty ugly. They've lost three games on the bounce. They've only won one dating back to the end of November. Their last game was a 5-1 defeat uh, against Stockport, which may not confidence. Last time on the road, they were beaten 3-1 by Harrogate. Um, I, I just, you know, I know that there's probably a big gap between these two teams in terms of money invested into the playing squad. Obviously, pre-season expectations were very different for the two of them. But I, I just can't. I mean, I, 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 they're basically picking prices with Sutton at home. And, and I, I don't think that's right. I think Sutton should be favourites to win this game based on what we've seen. I think if Sutton put in a performance that like they did in midweek, 
Doncaster have to be way better in order to get anything from it. So, um, yeah, I think it's to do a win. I'm, I'm pretty concerned for Donny at the moment, and I think six to four is a, a cracking price to, to for them to get it. No arguments there. I, I've had a feeling all week about this game. Great. Swansea and Plymouth Argyle, and that's my next best. It's Argyle draw no bet at two point six uh, eight to five to beat Swansea at Swans. I've just got this feeling about it as much as anything else. Um, level on points, these two teams. Argyle have played a game less. They've got a better goal difference and they've got better underlying numbers, whichever way you chop it really over the last couple of months, whether it's the last four, last eight, last 16. I'm not sure the narrative around these two teams is consistent with an idea that they are broadly similar. I think there's an idea that Swansea are the stronger team and I think that's reflected in the prices and I'm just not on board with that. I worried that Argyle might drop off a bit over the course of the season, the, the sort of rigours of a championship season, the realities of it, they might find it difficult. Then I worried even more after their manager left them and three low knees uh, at the start of January. But so far, this remarkable club where I think most clubs would be affected by all of the above have shown no sign of being particularly bothered, particularly flustered by it. Under Ian Foster, they got a one-all draw against Huddersfield and they've beaten Cardiff 3-0 at home, sorry, 3-1 at home. Really good performance where they conceded sloppy goal, bad defending from a set piece, but then just turned it on and, and looked absolutely excellent. They drew at Leeds in the Cup last weekend. Let's be honest, they rode their luck in the first half only to be 1-0 down, but they scored an excellent goal on the break and it's a big part of of this whole uh, of this bet, really, because Swansea under Luke Williams, I think the consensus is, and I agree with it, that it, it feels like a good fit long term. They are the most specific team in the EFL when it comes to philosophy of play style, and and Luke Williams, of course, uh, is a is a round peg in a round hole. But in the short term, uh, there aren't. It's not a squad that's necessarily round pegs for round holes for a Luke Williams system, right? So short term, I think there could be a bit of pain. And I think everyone accepts it's going to be transitional. But the nature of Williams's game model and strategy means it was always unlikely to click within a matter of weeks. Now, in the league, they've drawn with Birmingham, second best in that game, and threw away a, a, a sort of slightly undeserved or a, against a run of play lead that they had and conceded an injury time. Uh, they were completely swept away by Southampton in the first half. No real shame in that. Uh, they were 5-0 down at half-time to Bournemouth. No real shame in that. A little bit of shame in that, actually. And then a 3-1 defeat against Leicester in midweek, where they conceded really early. No shame in losing to Leicester. So it might be getting a little bit over the top here. But I still think within those, you can pick out some pretty concerning trends. They just walk a defensive tightrope. That's what Luke Williams' teams do. Uh, Notts County were exactly the same but they scored the most goals in the league and so it didn't matter quite so much. But Swansea don't have that attacking prowess at this stage. Uh, we saw it against Leicester away, the high line. Uh, Leicester put together four good passes and were through on goal. Dewsbury Hall scores after three minutes. Then they score a couple more thanks to errors playing out from the back. These are classic teething issues for a, for a team going through the sort of transition that Swansea are going through. I'm not convinced by their centre-backs and I thought the same about Notts County's centre-backs. So maybe it's a system thing. Maybe it's really hard to look convincing when you are defending so much space as a centre-back and you're being asked to build up um, short from the back. 
They signed three players in the last day or two of the window, all of them wide attacking players. Ronald, the Brazilian, Saga Jr. on loan from Arsenal and Fuajeta from, from Norwich. So clearly Williams just wants to improve those wide roles where the wing-backs are, are basically just wingers. Jody Jones and Aaron Nemain at, at Knotts. Looks like he wants to do the same thing. Exciting, insanely attacking. I like all this stuff, but it worries me for these individual games at the moment. Uh, and the sort of piece de resistance, the coup de grace, is that Argyle... Uh, maybe the best counter-attacking team in the league. That might be an overstatement because there are, you know, some of the top teams are excellent on the break. Ipswich, Leeds, for example. But in terms of the bottom half, Argyle are easily the most electric counter-attacking team, and they have been for 18 months now. They make the re- the right passes, they break their necks to get forward in numbers, they support each other, uh, and they execute. Um, whether it's Hardy who who did so brilliantly against Cardiff in the last game. Whitaker, who's just a, a complete menace at the moment and they managed to hold on to, he might have a bit of extra motivation here going back to Swansea, a team where it was bizarre how little opportunity he got even when he was on loan at Argyle playing so well. Uh, so there we go. Pretty excited about this. Argyle, draw no bet. 2.6, 8-5 with the Betfair Sportsbook. A Betfair Sportsbook offering the 90-minute payout uh, this season. That's the match odds 90 market with the 90 icon on the sportsbook. And it means that if the team that you bet on is winning when the clock hits 90, it gets paid out as a winner, even if they concede an equaliser. So a bit of insurance if anyone particularly hates losing bets to injury time goals. Uh, you can build Akers with the match odds 90 market as well. And just make sure that you read the T's and C's to understand. That's the 90-minute payout with Betfair Sportsbook. Who's your goal scorer this week? Da, da, da. Anthony Masaba. Nice. Four to one he is. Um, I think Almost Wednesday back, back to Wednesday. Price. Almost yeah, I think back Wednesday, Wednesday. Back, they, they are seven to four at Huddersfield, which when you consider what's going on at Huddersfield at the moment, you know, sat Darren Moore, uh, new manager not yet in. Um, obviously a game between two local teams, like a lot at stake here. Two sides trying to wrestle the way out of the relegation picture. It's a massive game, this. a really big game. And, and I think going into it, despite... Huddersfield putting a much improved performance in the QPR last time out. I think Sheffield Wednesday under Danny Royal are the better side. Obviously, they're away from home, which is why you're getting a, a fair price. But I do think, well, I have no doubt they're going to cause Huddersfield big issues. And when you look at, you know, obviously when you have a manager who comes in partway through a season and changes the fortunes of a club very quickly, there'll always be individuals who are, are benefit uh, more than others from that change of management. And Masaba has to be right at the top of that list. You know, he was in and out of the side under Cisco Munoz, didn't really make too much of an impact, generally played a lot off the bench. Uh, and under Rell, he's been pretty much a mainstay, starting most games. He scored four goals since Rell came in. I think three of them were in December, where he played really well. Playing off the right at the moment, he started uh, four of the last five games. So I think we'd be fairly confident that he'll start here. Last time out against Watford in midweek, he was brilliant as well. Uh, put in one of his better displays. Very nearly scored a header. Uh, unbelievable save from Ben Hamer uh, from uh, Watford to, to keep that one out. Um, yeah, and he's 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 bracking up a lot of shots in games pretty consistently. He looks full of confidence. He's a big goal threat, um, as we've seen already in, in the last couple of months. Um, he also had three shots against Hull prior to that. Like he's someone who um, I think is... is you know, his price is basically isn't reflecting where he played for Wednesday and also where he ranks in their most likely scorers. So four to one, I'm happy to to back Masaba to get on the score sheet at Huddersfield. Kiernan Dewsbury Hall for me, with your name like a national trust property. Uh seven to two to score any time for Leicester away at Stoke. Uh, Leicester, your nap, which gives me a nice boost here. Uh, Dewsbury Hall. 
He's got 10 goals in the league this season, uh, two braces, so any time has landed in eight of his 26 starts, but he's in rare form at the moment. Five <laughs> times in his last 10 games has Dewsbury Hall uh, ticked to the any time goal box. He's the best attacking midfield player in the league, playing for the best team in the league, uh, a team that, w- that we expect to have some joy against Stoke this weekend. Picks up just such incredible positions, so awkward for opposition defences. You know, Maresca's style of play might be coming in for some flack from some Leicester fans that find it boring, but on a purely technical, tactical level, the way that they spread the pitch with those wide forwards and the and the, the difficulty the defenders have deciding to either press the ball, pretty bad idea, drop deep, not a great idea, uh, and, and the way that they try and work out how to pick up Dewsbury Hall I think no team well very few teams have nailed it this season shall we say so he's also absolutely incredible in transition so if Stoke are trying to you know um, nail down this this more attacking approach under Schumacher well they are going to be leaving themselves open to to exactly the sort of attacks that Leicester wants and the ones that uh, Dewsbury Hall thrives off so 4.5 uh, 7 to 2 implies probability of 22% and my view is, is different enough that I can't ignore it here Dewsbury Hall my goal scorer pick any long shots? Yes. I think we have to, don't we? Yes. I can't just say, yeah. I can't just say no. Um, my long shot is Harrogate Town, just Ooh. just to win. Yes. Um, I'm trying to find what the, uh, the up-to-date price is because a few of them have moved. Um, oh, the, the Betfair website has changed. Check out the new Betfair website. It looks great. 17 to 2. 17 to 2, Harrogate to win this game. Um, and are Stockport. you backing them just for the Harrogate or have you got a reason for it? I've got, well, if I say just for the Harrogate, then I don't have to say anything now, which would be nice. <laughs> um, yeah, they, I mean, this is Stockport, obviously, top of the league, and the likely winners to, to, to go ahead and win it, and the likely winners to win this. Like, there's no doubt about that whatsoever. Um, they have lost two games at home this season already uh, against Gillingham and against Mansfield. That Mansfield defeat was on New Year's Day. Um, there's, I think, you know, until their last two wins against Walsall and Doncaster. There was definitely a spell where they won two games in, in seven, albeit one was a, an eight nil win. But even so that little run over through December and through Christmas period um dropped off a little bit. And even though they, they won those games three one and and five one against Donny and Walsall, um especially against against Doncaster, like it was very good finishing. If you look at the actual XG numbers, um I think it was only one point five or so. And I, I still just think Harrogate I, it happened when I basically bet against them against Swindon. That day was I've been putting up Swindon as my nap, and I think basically from then on, Swindon have been absolutely terrible, and Harrogate have been superb. Um, so hopefully, this isn't the kiss of death for Harrogate. But they've they've won three games in a row. They've only lost one game dating back to the beginning of December, a two 0 home defeat against Tranmere. You know, in that time, they've had some easier fixtures, but they've beaten Notts County three one at home. Um, you know, they've beaten uh, Accrington two one at home as well. I think they're just a really good side right now. And I think this is a, a team who have title aspirations, who are favourites to win the title, up against a side that have genuine top seven aspirations. And yet the prices don't reflect that whatsoever. And I think if you take Harrogate's actual performances from when they're, you know, from, from the beginning of December, if they maintain those, they've got a massive chance of getting into the top seven. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to accept that an easy run of form might be a reason why Harrogate are looking so good right now, but I'm happy to chance it at 17-2 to in what could be a, a 
a fairly end-to-end game where I think Harrogate will cause Stockport more problems than most teams do. Um, so, 17 to Susan Price, and that's my long shot. Also in League Two, I'm backing Notts County and both teams to score against Mansfield this weekend at 5-1 to one with the Betfair Sportsbook. On the Stag side, it's because they've got one of these mad situations that Mansfield seem to have maybe more than other teams where injuries and suspensions are just insane at the moment. Uh, against Wimbledon, they had Jordan Barry sent off. They had Stephen Quinn sent off from the bench. So both of those suspended here. Um, Flint picked up a shoulder injury. Nigel Clough's been um, pretty unclear as to how worrying or not that is and maybe he'll play but it, it, it looked like a nasty one they're missing Alfie Kilgore uh, Hewitt Callum Johnson uh, McDonald as well they sold O'Toole yesterday and they didn't bring in a defender they, they just brought in Tom Nichols who I, I'm trying to work out how Tom Nichols and Davis Keelor Dunn get put into the same team and, and thrive at this level so I, pretty bad vibes for me really with, with Mansfield and it's not just because they ruined my uh, my nap or was it my next best last week um, issues at right back are particularly concerning when you're playing against Notts County because who plays on the left for Notts Jody, Jody Jones. Jones now Jody Jones is probably on course to be the best winger ever to play in League 2 uh, or at least have the best season of any winger ever to play in League 2 he has got 17 assists which is the joint most of any League 2 player since assist records began uh, 16 of them are from open play I, I actually don't know off the top of my head who the other League 2 assist record holder is but my educated guess is that it's Sean McConville and my yeah. assumption if it is is that around half of his would have been from set pieces they can boost those sort of stats for Jones it's not that it's the fact that he's a complete cheat code because he always finds space to cross and his delivery is incredible he seems to be able to put crosses in even when he's about 45 yards from goal because of the bend that he can put on them, he bends them behind the defensive line and then sort of curling back into whether it's Langstaff, whether it's Crowley, whether it's Nemain, they're all benefiting from it. It's absolutely incredible. And I think if you have a, a defence that's not locked and loaded, as is the case with Mansfield, as I understand it, that's surely got to cause trouble. So I like this for Knotts. Uh, Mansfield smashed knots in the reverse fixture on Sky, so I'm hoping there might be a bit of revenge motivation. Uh, Mansfield's form is, is bitty, even without you know focusing on the injuries and the absences. They lost to Crewe at home. Uh, they drew with Sutton at home. They drew with Morecambe away. They lost late to Wimbledon. That's their last four. So uh, a lot's pointing to knots for me, so I really like this price. I, I do think that the way knots play, and it seems like Stuart Maynard is going to continue uh, on the same lines. Mansfield should create chances. They should be good enough to to play through knots at times. So I think it'd be a fantastic game for the neutral. Um, but I think maybe a first win for Stuart Maynard. And, and at 5-1, to one, knots and BTTS, that's my long shot this weekend. Uh, I like it a lot. BTTS six-fold, George, uh, is just better than 25-1 to one this week. 26.18. Who are you going with? Yeah, I'll start where I left off. Stockport Harrogate for the same reasons I just mentioned. Um, it's even money, which I think is mad. It's, it's kind of being viewed as a as a one-way game where Stockport will dominate throughout, and I just don't think that's the case. I think even if Stockport do win it, I think Harrogate will provide a real stern test of them uh, defensively, as we know that Simon Weaver's best Harrogate side to do, and that is what this is right now. Uh, Blackburn QPR, next up, 8-11. Uh, to 11. Again, I just think any Blackburn game that's 8-11 to 11 is mad. We saw them in midweek against Wrexham with another really end-to-end -end game. John Dale Thomason will always set them up in the same way. And even though 
Marty Fuentes' QPR might not be the most free scoring. I think we'll see them definitely have chances themselves. And we know that Blackburn will create too. So again, a huge price that one, uh, I think. And Barrow MK Dons, where Barrow, probably one of the teams that we normally discount in this uh, fairly early on, given their defensive record. But they're pretty poor defensively at the moment. All but one of their last uh, eight games have copped the BTTS. Anyone that didn't was a 1-0 home win against Tranmere. So we've got a 1-0 draw against Barrow, 3-1 defeat against Crew, 2-1 against Sutton, 4-1 against Wrexham, 1-0 Accrington, 2-0 Stockport. Um, the thing that looks like it might unravel their season a little bit and their automatic promotion push is their defensive record. Uh, and up against an MK Dunside and Mike Williamson, where their games are very open, uh, should be another open affair. So, yeah, my three are uh, Stockport, Harrogate, Blackburn, QPR, Barrow, MK Dons. Yeah, I got two in League One, uh, Bolton and Barnsley, because similar to Mansfield to an extent, Bolton have injury issues at the back. In particular, Ricardo Santos, who's one of the most important centre-backs in the division, I would say. Uh, it also seems that Owen Towle is playing, uh, Toll rather, is playing injured at the moment um, and playing through it, I think. Uh, it's not a great sign. Uh, Caleb Taylor signed on loan from West Brom yesterday, and I think he'll go straight in to the heart of the back line. Uh, so Bolton may be losing a little bit on the defensive end. Uh, Barnsley, all-out attack style. Um, I think I pick Barnsley games every week for this, so no surprise really. BTTS in 10 of their last 12 in the league. Uh, Exeter and Bristol Rovers is next. I think I pick Bristol Rovers pretty much every week at the moment. Uh, 11 out of 12 uh, have gone BTTS, yes. 11 of their last 12 in the league. The only one that didn't was a 1-0 defeat to Exeter, who they face again this weekend. Uh, that was just a, a week or two ago. But Exeter looked much better uh, going forward than they did in the last couple of months. Famously, were playing a centre-back up top for a few games. Um, but now they're, they're looking a little healthier. Uh, Moise has come in. Sonny Cox has been on good form. Caldwell seems to have steadied the ship somewhat, which has been, which is pretty impressive feat of management. I think this will be a good game, and uh, I think BTTS is a, a good shout. Um, I'm also really excited about Bristol Rovers' new Costa Rican uh, Brandon Aguilera on loan from Not Nottingham Forest was getting me quite excited about 11 p.m. last night. Is your body saying let's go? Yeah, he's a little, a little genie in a bottle, that lad. Um, but the signings that they made didn't doesn't really make me think that Taylor is is keen to tighten up necessarily. Uh, and Mansfield Knotts is the third uh, for me uh, for reasons discussed already. So um, that's a uh, sixfold. And uh, your picks were the Blackburn QPR game in the Championship, uh, and then a couple in League Two, wasn't it? Barrow MK Dons mm. and Stockport against Harrogate. Mine are Bolton Barnsley in League One, Exeter Bristol Rovers in League One and Mansfield Knotts in League Two. And I didn't mention until now that last week we got five out of six and we were just oh. missing one goal from Forest Green. I think that was my pick. So apologies. Uh, George, right. recap your selections for us. Uh, Leicester away at Stoke, four to five uh, on my map. Uh, Sutton at home to Donny at six to four, my next best. Anthony Masaba score any time at four to one is my goal scorer. And Harrogate Town, 17 to two at Stockport is my long shot. Cheltenham, nap, 6-4, to four. Plymouth draw no bet, next best, 2.6, and my goal scorer, Kiernan, Dewsbury, Hall, the long shot, Notts County, and both teams to score away at Mansfield in League 2, uh, and the BTTS sixfold, as advertised a minute or two ago, just better than 25-1 to one with the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking you through the card, uh, sorry for the late running of this service. But I'm sure you understand and I hope that you enjoyed our Deadline Day live blog. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks to Betfair for sponsoring us and go well.